Millennial Mindset, we are back, and today we have a special episode for you guys. Today we are going to be interviewing one of our very own, the one, the only, Rico Mercado, and let me tell you guys right here, this is an intre- he has a very interesting story. I have known this individual since high school. We never really connected throughout high school. We didn't actually didn't really connect up until last year, but I knew him in high school, and I can tell you that he has made a 180 turn from the man that he used to be to the man that he is now. His mindset, his ethics, his moral standards, the way he does business, the way he carries himself is completely different. And I can't wait to share you guys, uh, share his story with you guys straight from the man himself. So with that being said, I'm joined today with my co-host. Jason, what's up, guys? I'm more than excited to hear uh, Rico's story, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. So let's get this started. So Rico... How are you, man? What's up, guys? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, excited to share my story with all of you. I know that you guys know it, but um, the audience doesn't necessarily know it. Um, yeah, man, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things in the past, but I've grown a lot. And I'll just say that one of my favorite sayings, man, uh, that I've learned through life is that through adversity, we grow. And that's that adversity is one mm-hmm. of the biggest, biggest things that's uh, that's been in my life. So learned a lot from it, man. But other than that, doing well, brother. Doing well. Excited to be here. Awesome, Heck man. Yeah. So, oh, man, where do we start? There's so many things we can ask Rico, but one thing that I, you know, something that I want everybody to know is, um, and I want to know as well is, you're a family man, dude. I've, I've, I've seen you really, you know, stick out there for your family, for your friends. You treat everyone like family. So tell us, man. Um, tell us, give us a little background on your family, dude. Uh, how, like, how, how, are you guys from here? Did you guys originate here in, um, Born and raised here in California, the donde vienen? Rigo, so your question is, um, am I a family man? Yes, man. I am definitely a family man. I am a proud, proud son of immigrant parents. Uh, my family comes from Mexico City, man, which I am extremely, extremely proud of, uh, of being a son of two, uh, two uh, people from Mexico City, my parents, man. Very, very proud of them. Um I'm very family oriented, man, because since I was a kid, I've always uh, I've always been shown and, and told that family comes before anything else and everything else. Uh, it's important to be good with your family before you can be good anywhere else in life. Remember, family is the core, the, uh, the your strength, your weakness, the most important thing and anything and everything you do. So I believe that when you're good with your family, it's uh, it's going to help and it's going to show. It's definitely going to show. And I feel like a lot of times kindness comes from our ability to be okay with our family man and, and uh yeah man I'm, I'm definitely a family man brother yep mm-hmm. and i do remember uh rico you were telling me that um you know you didn't come into into the united states into california um you know to to be a uh, minimal to to limit yourself can you tell us more about that yes bro i can definitely tell you about that so the way that I see it, man, is is I see my parents migrating to the United States as a very, very brave and uh, selfless act. I like to say that they did this to give my sister and I the ability to have a better life, to have a better opportunity, to, to be exposed to better things, uh, to, to more opportunities, to, to just be able to connect with different people. Because in reality, man, I feel like the U.S. is, mm-hmm. is, a, is a place that's that's just full. Of, it's, it's a melting pot of cultures and people and different mindsets, right? right. So. What I like to say, man, is is that my parents did not travel. My parents did not sacrifice and my parents did not leave behind the life that they had 
for me to be just enough. That's powerful, man. Um, they didn't. They didn't travel. They didn't leave their lifestyle. And my mother was a business owner in Mexico City. My father was wow. a yeah. My father was a public accountant. Like they they had good good things going oh, for wow. them and they were young mm-hmm. they were young man my dad i believe was 18 or no i'm sorry he was in his 20s my mom was in her early 20s as well when they decided to migrate to the u.s so it was a big change man just think about it us at our age mm-hmm. leaving the yeah. u.s to go to a different country because you're pregnant with one you know it's it's a imagine that man it's a tough thing, man. It's a tough thing. I've had conversations with my father and my mother, and a lot of times those conversations get very emotional because they did leave behind something very important to them, very near and dear to their hearts, right? So I'm a strong believer in that, bro. I'm a strong believer in, in they did not come here for me to just be enough, to just make enough, to to just work a nine to five, man. No, I'm I'm a I'm a strong believer in in dreaming but doing, right? In in right. manifesting your dreams. So I'm here to make my parents proud, brother. I'm here to make my parents proud. And you know what? We're on the top the topic of your parents right now. Um, I also remember that you telling us that your dad is a salsa legend, right? Because uh, if you know, I remember back from high school. Uh, there, so there's uh, we went to Channel Islands High School, and there's this dance crew called All Mill. And if I remember correctly, you were trying out for All Mill, and you ended up throwing in some salsa in there, right? So. So your dad's a salsa legend. Your mom is probably a great dancer as well. So tell us a little bit more about your uh, your salsa heritage, dude. And I actually witnessed that. I was an all-male, and uh, Rico and I both tried out. He's very creative. He added his own style, and that's what makes Rico Rico. <laughs> My guys, yes, definitely, man. Um, I wouldn't say that legends, man, but they're very, very well-known public figures in the uh, tropical music industry. Um, my father has been dancing since I believe he mentioned to me was since he was 11 or 12 um, in the in Mexico City which he started dancing guaracha which guaracha is is a is a Cuban form of music uh, which is where I like to think I'm not 100% sure brother but I like to think that that's where all these other genres of music came from that's where cumbia came from that's where salsa where cha-cha where all these other you know newer styles came from but yeah we come from a very um tropical music uh musically tropical background um dad is very well known he's known in the area as the grandpa for the 805 salseros um if any of them are listening yes that is my father juan martin mercado that is my father my mother elizabeth mercado she's also a very well-known dancer in the area she actually competed with my father for a few uh a few things back in the day they used to be sponsored by bacardi i mean they yeah they they uh they've been doing things man so i am not uh i'm not new to the stage and then i also you know it was passed down to me uh jason yes when i did try I remember trying out at all male uh, dance team at Channel Islands High School, man. Back what was this in maybe uh, 2009 or 2009, right? Yeah. yeah, it was in 2009. I remember that tryout, man. Um, I still remember exactly what I was wearing too. I was wearing chucks, I was wearing shorts, and I was wearing a, a plaid uh, button up. Dude, Ooh, fresh. That was yeah, style. yeah. I was. That's what I was wearing, man. That's what I was wearing, and I remember, man. It was. A, I did a little hip hop number. It was like thirty seconds of hip hop, and then it was another thirty seconds of what we like to call in the salsa industry a descarga, which was just me going ham on the dance floor and just, just. It was a freestyle. lot of footwork, right? It was. It was it. Yeah, it was freestyle. It was just a lot of footwork, and uh, yeah, man. I remember that. It was a. It was a cool, cool experience, man. And just sharing with that, I still remember the faces on all the, uh, all the. Uh, I guess what was it alumni that, that would choose, right? Yeah. 
Alumni. I still remember the, the looks on their faces. They were like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, I mean, and it was in a good way. And they all kind of gave me props at the end. I still remember that. But yeah, man, that's where the, uh, that's where the music and the, uh, the dance comes from. My father, very well known. He actually still dances professionally and he still competes. So yeah, man, uh, that's, that's where I get the, uh, my initial spark of creativity came from. That's where it came from. Okay. Dude, nice. So <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. And I, I love that you have heritage in salsa and you yourself kind of took it upon yourself to really, you know, learn the art of dance and use that creativity to propel you and other, you know, things that you do in your life, such as uh, the next section that we're going to be talking about. But uh, before we jump to the next uh, topic, I, I want to ask you, man. Uh, our little for the listeners that don't know, we live right here in Oxnard, the city of Oxnard, and we have this little famous festival called the Salsa Festival. Are you are you gonna make an appearance this year, 2019? Can we be expecting, uh, you know, Rico J to come down and you know show some of that uh, dancing flavor? Oh, the Salsa Festival, man! That place has a very very special special place in my heart. Uh, man, a lot of the people that you see on the dance floor, I consider family, bro. Those are where, that's where my uncles, my aunts, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, not blood related, bro, but that is, that is salsa family. So, and, and before I move on and answer that question, but I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to all my 805 Salseros, to everybody that has kept that culture alive in, in our town. A big shout out to Chuy Rumbabuena, which is one of the, uh, you know, better known salsa dancers here in Ventura County. Also Ricky Ray Campos, big shout out to you, brother. Uh, Jesse Ricoson, he's uh, he's keeping the music alive out here with events. I still remember the, you know, the the. I still remember when these guys, these three guys, were dancing in my in the same dance team as my father. Shout out to Rumba Salsera. That was uh, that was one of the first uh, salsa dance teams in the city of Oxnard. So, anyway, to answer that question for you now, brother, is yes, I'm gonna be there. Yes, I'm gonna be dancing and just having a good time. I never miss a salsa festival, man. I never do because it is a. To me, it's a family reunion, bro. It's a family reunion over everything, and and uh, I just see, I see people that I grew up with, man. I, I, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. It's to the point where I remember when that event used to literally just be in the placita, bro. Not the yeah. streets would not close down. I remember that? The, the, we would sit on hay stacks, and and it was it was a total different. Uh, event a few years not a few years ago but about 10 years ago it was a very different event and i remember it very well man so yes i will be there and uh, yeah man you guys you guys can expect to see me on the dance floor <laughs> rico I, before we move on we move on i did want to ask do you do a private uh, salsa um you know dances Nah, man. <laughs> no private salsa dances, bro. Um, I just, I just, yeah. No, I, I feel that, man. No, you know what? I haven't, I haven't danced in a while, but I will tell you this: um, no private dances. <laughs> but you guys might see me on the dance floor very soon. You guys might see me on the dance floor very soon. So, uh, you know, I'll share, I'll share a little more about that on my social media soon. Hey, Rico, so I want to ask you a question. When you were talking about your salsa family, you said not blood-related, but family nonetheless. So I, I want to ask you a little bit more about that question because uh, when me and you met originally, I remember uh, I remember that we didn't meet under the you know the right circumstances because of the people that we I was working with and what I want to what I want to dive more into is more so your thoughts on loyalty, your thoughts on honesty because. I, I really took that to heart the way you responded to me and you you were very honest with me. You were very upfront about loyalty and the people that you were associated with and why you couldn't work with me regardless of the money, regardless of the clout, regardless of anything that could benefit you because of the loyalty you had and the honesty you had with your family members, which were not blood related, but they were your friends. 
So can you dive a little bit more into that mindset and how did who really instilled that, you know, ideology of loyalty and honesty in you? Hey, man, for starters, I come from the hood, bro. I come from I come from a hood background and not only for myself, but also my father um, being in Mexico City. We just we just walk very different. We talk very different. We move different, man. And, And to me, it's not about the money, bro. It's not about the money or the success that could potentially come from a from a relationship or anything like that. What matters to me is loyalty and respect. Uh, those are two things that you can never get. You can never get loyalty. You earn with time. Respect you earn with time. And if you, for some reason, are are one of the ones that crosses any of those those boundaries and loses that respect or loyalty, it's 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 curtains, man. It's like you don't. It's so hard to earn that back. So that's that's one of the very important things to me, man. I'm a, I like to consider myself an extremely loyal person to those who are loyal to me and to those who I care about. Um, so it's never really going to matter to me how much you can do for me or what you can do for me. What matters to me is is more of the of the of the person, right? I guess over everything, for me to put it in, in simple terms, it's it's about character. It's about character, and it shows who you are, man. Um, at the end of the day, you're never going to be remembered for how much money you made, what car you drove. No, you're going to be remembered by how you made people feel, um, the impacts that you that, that you left in people's lives, man. That, that's what you're remembered by, and that's huge to me, man. I'm, I'm, uh, it's very important for me to not be in anyone's, I, I guess, not, not be bad with anyone. It's always very important to me to be good, and if we're bad for some reason, um, it's not going to be because of me. I'm always going to offer, hey, let's talk about it. Hey, let's get, let's clear things up. Um, but yeah, man, loyalty and respect mean a lot to me. And when when you don't have it, especially in the business world, bro, especially in the business world, if you don't know what loyalty and respect is, then Absolutely. I can't, I can't, I can't work with you, man. So I'm glad you brought that up, though, man. That's that's very important to me. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's story time right now. I want to tell you guys a little bit, a little bit of a background of how I originally met Rico and how we interacted and how I personally was um there to witness his mindset on loyalty and honesty because hey rico do you remember back when we met in the gym originally so yeah that was kind of awkward man you were just staring at me and i was doing like those uh i i, I call them bear hugs bro what is that called like flies chest flies yeah yeah i was learning how to hug my mom harder bro that was that's what <laughs> i was doing and, yeah but yeah yeah, I was definitely staring you down, dude. I I, I couldn't I couldn't keep my eyes off you. To. It's hard you not go. to. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so what happened is at at the moment Rico was uh, as you guys, as many of you already know he's a content creator and he was up and rising creating content. He was starting to make a name for himself. And at the time I was working with a company that was pretty pretty much up there in terms of views here in Ventura County. We were generating several million views per month in some of the videos that we were creating. And a partnership with me and Rico would have been great. It would have been we would have been able to create some great content and get more clout together but because of certain situations and certain people that i was working with rico was not willing to work with me because of the loyalty and honesty he had with his own relationships and how a previous partnership didn't work out correctly so that was me firsthand experiencing your uh your view on loyalty and i really honestly dude i really appreciated that that uh conversation you had with me and because of that, I was able to leave a partnership that I was in, and that's a testament of you, who you are and how you really are an influencer. To be honest, to be on, uh, to be honest, you are an influencer. Whether you have a million followers or whether you have, uh, you know, twenty followers, you have been an influencer, and you're just living that because, like you said, you grew up in the hood. You uh, have a lot of family values that have been instilled with you throughout your lifetime. So 
you are an influencer doing what you do, influencing others and instilling your mindset. So first of all, I really appreciate you uh, for being on this podcast with us. And let's uh, head on over to the next section. So we're back, Millennial Mindset. In the first section, we talked about Rico's background, his family background, his history with Salcedo dancing, his views and his mindset on loyalty and family. In the next section, we're going to be giving you guys a little bit more insight into his personal life, into his business life and what he does professionally now. So Rico, tell us, man. As many of us already know, as many of our listeners already know, you are a content creator. So tell us, man, how or why did you decide to become a content creator? Because I'm pretty sure you didn't wake up one day and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to point a camera at myself in selfie style and just be a funny guy. You know, it doesn't just happen. So can, can you can you give us a little background on that? Of course, man. So the way that that whole thing came up was... Oh, man, I, I, I remember watching, um, this is back when Vine was kind of popping, bro. This is back in the day. Throwback. Uh, yeah, man, Vine days, the good old Vine days, man. I still remember that. Um, I would I would watch a lot of the uh, now very well-known content creators like uh, LeJuan James, uh, Jay Mendoza, um, Oscar Miranda. Like these, these are just three of the guys that mm-hmm. I would like watching. And... Uh, I remember just watching their stuff and sending it to my friends and always being like, dude, that's literally the stuff that we send each other. And it's just that there is this funny and goes viral because they post it for everyone to watch. But I don't know if I want to post that. And then everybody <laughs> see me doing those kind of things. Right. But anyway, um, it just kind of happened. To, it just kind of happened, man. It just kind of happened. One day I woke up. I had been telling my friend Cruz Garcia. I'd been telling him, dude, I want to become a vlogger. I want to do a vlog. I want to do a vlog. I told him this for like eight months. And I remember once he told me, he's like, dude, all you're doing is telling me. And he picked, he knew what to say to not piss me off, to, but to get me moving, man. Right. I'm a very, I hate, hate stagnant moments, bro. Like I, I, I like to talk about it, but I also like to be about it. Right. I like to talk and walk. I like to do both. Um, and he tells me, he's like, bro, you're just talking about it. Like, when are we going to see something? Like, you're just saying it. I'm like, oh, when I get a camera, when I get this, when I get that. And it was always like, oh, when I get something. One day I said, F it, man, F it. I, I got up. I was on my way to a rave. I was on my way to, um, uh, I was at the, at the NOS event thing Not for New Year's. Man. No, it was for New Year's. Gotcha. It was for New Year's. It was an insomniac event. Damn, rave days. Yeah, back in the rave days. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going with a few of my buddies and I said, you know what, man, F this. I'm just going to try it. I didn't have a camera. I didn't have anything. I just picked up my phone and I started recording in selfie mode and I just put my first vlog together. It took me forever to edit it. I'll tell you that like a week and a half to edit because I was learning how to use the program. But um, it just happened, man. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it. And the people that were watching liked it. It just kind of blew up, man. And on YouTube, I was getting good views. And then I started, I started like getting followers left and right on Instagram. I feel like a lot of people don't have accounts on YouTube, which showed, but it just kind of started happening, man. And I love it. I enjoy it. It's, it's a fun thing, man. It's a fun thing to connect with other people. It just shows you, man. I feel like the internet shows you how we're all human, man. We're all very, very similar, regardless of what your color, race, right. uh, background, whatever it is, man. We all go through very similar things. We all do. Yeah, th- and that's very interesting because we, I, I personally, I wasn't friends with you at that point. We hadn't really connected yet, but I saw your come up. You went from hardly having any followers to now you're at, I believe, 15,000. Yeah. And it happened over the span of a few months, right? How, how long did it take you to accrue those kind of followers? 
Um, it took me less than a year, man. It took me less than a year. Obviously, you know this. But I slowed down the last six months, but um, it took me about maybe I want to say 11 months, 10 to 11 months <clears throat> to really get, get that following. But I feel like the, the most important thing was that I was also adding value. I wasn't just posting a funny video, but I was posting very often on my stories. I was using that feature. It was new at the time. I was using that feature a lot. And I would, I would talk a lot about motivation. I would talk a lot about, about go out and, and carpe diem and seize the day. I would talk a lot about the law of attraction. I would talk a lot about these things. And I feel like that's also what helped me you know, continue getting those followers and keeping the followers because I was adding something daily to their life. Right. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the thing, man. That was the thing. Mm -hmm. Creating connections with my following. That's what made me grow. Creating connections, genuine connections. That's what helped me grow. Rico, it looks like you were at the, you were at the head of the game, man. I mean, cause if you look at it right now, I feel like a lot of people are just, trying to get clout, trying to get, you know, these followers and all these likes. And you started back then, you were on the right track and, you know, it just goes to show again, the person that you are. Um, do you remember, um, was there like a big break for you or I know there was a video, right? That went viral. You got to talk to your, to your listeners about that. And how did that feel? Yeah, there was there was definitely a video that that um, that went viral that was kind of like the breaking point for me because I was just creating content just to create it, man. Because I thought it was funny. I wanted to be like like Juan James. I wanted to be like Oscar Miranda, Jamie Mendoza. I wanted to be like these three cats, right? They were my favorite content creators. And I cannot forget to mention my favorite cholo online is Super Ego. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sleepy Brown, Super Ego, like those the cholo adventures were my favorite. So they actually, you know, it was it was my. <sighs> It was the the forty ounce Friday video that went extremely viral, man. And it was Ooh, definitely it, remember that one. It was funny, man. It was really funny because it was um, it was out of the blue. Um, I was at my buddy Sky Sunner's um, liquor store, which is Sam Satikoy Liquor up in uh, Satikoy. We were there, and we were just we were making videos, uh, other other videos, not necessarily the video with with Piper. Piper is the character that went viral. Um, I, w- I was there and. I told him, I was like, hey, man, look, just record me doing this. And at first he was like, what are you doing, bro? And I'm like, just freaking record me, man. Just record me in portrait mode. Just record. And he starts recording me. I grab these uh, two King Cobras, these 40-ounce King Cobras. And uh, I start doing this dance in my cholo outfit, in, in Piper outfit, right, in character. There was no music in the background. I think there was like a like a... I don't know, dude, like a weird song in the background. It was nothing to do with the one that I went viral with. Um... I was just doing my thing, right? Doing my thing. And then he's, he's telling me the whole time, like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, bro, just relax. I'm going to edit this and I'll send it to you and you'll see. I sent it to him and he's like, bro, this is gold. I use that song, Do Wa Diddy by Zap and Roger, which, by the way, the Zap band started following me soon after I posted wow. that video. Yeah. And they sent me a message giving me kudos on the video, which is a super cool feeling, man. I love Zap and Roger. I mean, I love Zap band as well. So it was a really cool experience. Uh, that video goes viral. It took about three days for it to reach its first million views. I posted wow, it. Wow, yeah. Million. Initially, I posted it on my story, though, man. I just posted it on my stories. I didn't really post it on my on my page because I thought it was just a it was a what like 13 second 14 second video it wasn't anything crazy i posted it on my um on my <laughs> on my stories and this is crazy man because i noticed that that video started going i at that time i was getting about 2000 3000 2000 to 3000 story views it was normal right and then i noticed that that video was was being sent 
And it kept being sent. And then I see the numbers go from 3,000 to 5,000 to 8,000 to 10,000 to 20,000. And I was like, Damn. wait a minute, on a story? And it was funny because at that time you could you could send just one video. So I would get the view on it. And I was like, what the heck? Maybe it's time to post it. So then I posted on my um, on my page and immediately the numbers just started shooting up. It was crazy, man. It was crazy because... I didn't think it was going to go that viral. I thought maybe, oh, maybe I'll get my first 100,000 views on, on, on Instagram. And then I think it was a day later, a day after I posted that on, the, on Instagram, one of my buddies calls me and he says, bro, you're officially viral. And I'm like, what do you mean, dude? And he's like, yeah, dude, you're at about like 3 million views on, on Facebook. Bro. And, oh. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I don't even have Facebook, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, well, somebody posted you, man. Did you hear that? Yeah. I was like, okay. I mean, I thought Facebook was for like my parents and, <laughs> you know, and uh, whatever though. But th- that happens and, and, and then... I get a Facebook and I start looking and I'm like, holy smokes. When my buddy told me about it, I think he said like three or four million views, right? And then I check it. I log in and I try to get myself a Facebook. And when I log in, it was already at eight million, almost nine million. And I'm like, what in the heck? And the numbers just kept rising. And then I saw different pages posted. It was like five or six different pages. Collectively, I'm at about a hundred million, a little bit over a hundred million. But yeah, man, it was, it was a cool feeling. After that, I started getting recognized in places and um, it was cool because I had content to back it up. It wasn't just like a one hit wonder on social media. Like, no, there was content to back it up. Um, and that video was the least planned video. That video took me like 10 minutes to come up with, create and edit in total. 10 minutes. Yeah. It it was literally that video was not, I didn't even try, man. I did not even try or plan it. It was just like, Oh, let's do this and see what happens. And it went viral, man. But yeah, that was the video that really propelled me my, you know, my, I guess my, I guess you can say my career as an influencer on, on social media, more of a content creator, because I, I don't think that video was influencing anything. It was just content. Um, so that was, yeah, that was the video that really propelled my, uh, my clout, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Rico, I don't know, uh, you, you made it sound so nonchalantly that you got 3000 views, but I know you said that's normal. That's most definitely not normal. The average person does not get 3000 views in their stories. But, uh, the, the question I actually wanted to ask you is, so you got a million views, 2 million, 4 million, then you went up to a hundred million collective views. So you talked a little bit about how your life, your life changed because I'm pretty sure when you get 100 million views and you go viral, your life is not necessarily the same after that. You are privy to more opportunities and your life can change very quickly. So has your life changed and what happened? So going viral, it, it helped, man. It was, it was cool because I, I wasn't really expecting that. I mean, I have a career, man. I'm a mortgage lender. I love doing what I do for a living, man. It's extremely stressful job, but I love it, man. It's that good stress. It keeps me on my toes. So I wasn't expecting to do anything huge on social media. I was, I'm having fun doing it, man. I'm enjoying it. Um, did my life change? Yes, it did, man. It did quite a bit, especially in the Valley and in LA, man. I, I get recognized there a lot. <laughs> so it was just kind of weird. And then my, my boss got a hold of the video. My boss saw that I was doing that. My boss was laughing. She showed it to me a couple days later. She's like, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, why didn't you tell me you make funny videos and this and that? I'm like, hey, you know what? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so it was just kind of, it was a cool experience, you know, for my boss to find out. And then my boss's boss saw it too. And then my coworkers, everybody was like, yeah, I know that guy. 
And everybody was like, everybody knew me all of a sudden, right? right. And it was uh, it was just a funny experience, man. It was cool though, and I appreciate it because it um it humbled me more than anything, man. It, it just made me it made me grateful when people would stop me and tell me like, hey, you're Rico, you're this guy. Oh, I love your videos, I love this stuff. It made me feel good. And then all the messages that I would get were the, were important to me because I would get messages from people saying like, hey, thanks to your video, I was able to smile. I was having a bad day, and just those kind of things were really what impacted me the most and it made me see that i'm really not creating content just for myself anymore it's not really just for me anymore it's for my it's for my following man it's for my supporters and i like using that word followers very lightly because i don't really see them as followers they're not following me they're supporting me and and uh it was it was more for us now this whole team rico thing it's like we're a we're a community man and and i appreciate every single person that, that takes the time to support and to show love man and um also, a lot of doors opened. Um, I started working with uh, with a publicist, Barbara Sanchez. Mm. Shout out to her. She is amazing. She started connecting me with other amazing individuals. From that video, I was able to meet other cool people. I mean, I met Sheldon Bailey. Uh, he's been on... Uh, um, he was... Um, oh, my goodness. On... Um, what show was it? He was on... I don't want to say the network because I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. But he was... He was reckless on, man, what show is this? Sheldon, I'm sorry, brother. I can't remember the name of the show here. Anyway, he was on He was on a show, and uh, he's also been on Shameless. I think I mentioned that okay. he's been on Shameless. Um, worked on a couple videos with him, and I have a couple projects coming up with him as well. Nice. Uh, met Carlos Ayala from Cholos Try on YouTube. Um, I met Legend. I mean, I met... A bunch of other... I mean, Jay Mendoza. I met Jay Mendoza, man. One of my favorite Damn, content creators. The guy that you look up to. Yeah. So I was able to meet a lot of a lot of cool people. Um, I met uh, Lejuan James's parents. Um, and this was all through, through also other connections that I was able to make through content creation, which was Hispanicize, that Hispanicize event. That was one of the events that I was invited to. And that's where I made a lot of the great connections with, with a lot of these individuals, other cool content creators. Also, Gabby. Gabby is super, super cool. She goes by Oh Gabby on, um, on Instagram, made some content with her. And uh, yeah, man, it's just been a cool experience. It's been an extremely cool experience so far. Dude, I love that. And and something that I love is how you were able to meet Jay Mendoza. You used to look up to him before you started creating content. And now you guys are kind of working on a similar level, able to collaborate. Or Have you collaborated with him on something? I wouldn't necessarily say working on the same level yet. Um, this man is just, you know, he's out there. That's what he does. And, and he's, he's on a total different level than I am. I'm getting started. He's already a very, you know, a seasoned veteran in that, in that industry, in the social media content creation. As far as creating something with him, it, I've mentioned it to him, hoping that, uh, you know, we, we can get something going. It's been a yes, we'll, we'll get to it. But I understand that he gets busy and, you know, he's doing other stuff. Um, but I'm hoping that, that we can get something going very soon. Um, yeah, that's that's what's that's what's in the works with him, you know. Since we are talking about collaborating and everything, um, Rico, I'm sure there's tons of people that ask you, Rico, let's make a skit together, let's do a video, let's collaborate. Um, what are the things that you look for in working with other people? One of the most important things that I look for is is working with somebody or working with a group of people that are actually trying to do something for themselves. Um, it's very important for me to see, like, let's say, for example, Jason, you were to hit me up and tell me, hey, Rico, I want to make a skit. And I'll say, OK, cool. You want to make a skit. Let me take a look at your page. 
I want to see what you're about. I don't care if you have two followers or if you have 10,000 followers. But what I care about is that you're doing something to help yourself. So if you tell me that you want to make a skit, that you want to do something, you want to collaborate, you want to do something, I'm going to ask you, okay, well, what are you doing for yourself now? Are you creating videos? No. Are you vlogging? No. What are you doing then? Well, nothing. Okay, well, let me see you create something first. Let me see you get the ball rolling because I'm not, I'm not, I can help by putting you on my videos and, 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 you know, I'm sure that something cool would come out of it. But at the same time, I want to make sure that the time that I'm investing in you is worth it. And the time that you're investing in me is worth it. Cause I don't want it to be just like a one thing, one, you know, where, where you just come out on videos with me and then afterwards nothing. Cause then that feels like I'm being used. Right. right. So I want it to be like, okay, we're, we're on the same level. We're at least mentally thinking like, okay, let's do something. Let's create content. And that's what I tell everyone, man. I just want to see that you're doing something that you're creating content. And also if I don't find you funny, like it, it's going to be tough for my following to find you funny. So I got to like your content. Facts. Right. So I got to like your content. And that's that's an important thing to me. Um, I work really hard at what I do, man. Uh, my equipment is not cheap. My time is not cheap. So nope. I just look for some for people that are, are going to work hard and are going to get to it. That's that's what I look for. Perfect. So Rico, you talked to us about going viral without necessarily even posting it on your actual post going on your story. You said you talked to us about how you were pretty much your life changed and how you are really enjoying this process. And above all, you talked about you talked to us about how you went from idolizing or not idolizing, but admiring content creators to rubbing shoulders with them in uh, events and collaborations. So I'm pretty sure I want to know as much as some of our audience members wants to, want to know. We want to get the nitty gritty, bro. We want to get into your hacks, your tricks. How do we get our videos to go, go viral? How do we create content? How do we become the next Rico J? Well, for starters, I'm going to tell you this, bro. There's never going to be another Rico J. Why? Because I'm me. There's never going to be another Rico Flores. There's never going to be another Jason Amaral. There's never going to be anyone like us right right but what i do want to say is this man you just have to find something something that you're passionate about and and find reason to do it um i love content creation man i really really enjoy it and and i just love it because i love making people laugh and i love making people smile um it's what makes me happy it really it truly feeds my soul man when when people ask me why do you do it it feeds my soul to know that i made someone smile it just does something to me bro it's an amazing feeling as far as going viral man you can't really pick what goes viral and what doesn't there's stuff that i've worked on my butt off i have tried I get three, four thousand views and I'm like, dude, come on. It took me three or four hours to make this. Please, at least 10,000 views. Come on. <laughs> but then there's videos like 40 Ounce Friday, bro. 40 Ounce Friday took me 10 seconds to record, bro. Wow. And, and a total of 10 minutes to produce and, and, and do everything. You can't really choose, man. You just got to understand that relatability is key. If you can relate to the content then your followers can relate to the content. So relatability is very, very key in any content creation, whether it's vlogs, whether it's it's skits, whether it's sketches, whether it's podcasts, anything, as long as people can relate to them, they will like it. Before we move on to the next section, you know, Rico, I actually asked you a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last month, because I wanted help in my social media. And one of the main questions that you asked me was like, who's Jason Amaral and what's my mission? What do I want to do for, for people and the people that follow me, quote unquote, follow me, you know? And those are all good questions to ask yourselves. Um, you want to great, create a big following. Why? What is your why? And honestly, bro, as, as uh, I asked myself that, it really opened up my eyes and the type of content that I want to put out there, you know? 
So um, thank you for that. And I've seen, I've seen a, um, an increase in my following and engagement. So I appreciate that. It's, it's good that you saw it that way, man, because you have to remember the reason why, why people get big and, and create names for themselves is because they're being genuine. And I feel like there's a lack of, of, of people being genuine in our, especially in our, in our age group. Um, millennials, it is tough, man, because I feel like a lot of them are trying to impress someone. A lot of them are trying to be like someone. Facts. So the more original you are, the less you're going to look like everybody else. So there has to be something that stands out about you. And I'm glad you thought about it that way, because remember, I would rather have, and I tell this to people all the time, I would rather have 10, 1,000 extremely loyal followers or uh, supporters, 1,000 people that I know are going to enjoy what I'm creating, 1,000 people that I know are going to be there with me, than a million people that don't like me for who I truly am, because then I'm going to be fake and, and being fake gets old. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, and it's just not the way that I move, man. It's, 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 uh, the more original and the more yourself you are, the more people are going to like you and you're going to attract the right people. Remember your vibe attracts your tribe. There you go. Hey, so I'm really glad you shared that with us. But uh, Rico, I, I have to say, man, you keep talking about uh, you, you, you talk about, you know, passion consistency and personality in order to really garner that audience but I, I i i you know i have to do this to you bro i'm looking at it from the other side i'm aside from being an e-commerce aficionado i am a marketing nut i eat sleep and breathe marketing so you know when i think of content creation i i, I look at the content but i also look at it from the other side you know the statistics the 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 hack the hacks and the thing different techniques that you can use to grow your instagram grow your social media the marketing the ads do you think that's important as a content creator, you know, going and not necessarily in just going viral, but in garnering an audience? How important do you think that is? Because you haven't really touched on that. And that's something that I really focus on. But I haven't really seen that you have taken that kind of approach. And yet you are growing um, pretty, pretty quickly and pretty successfully when you're uh, with, with your consistent content. So can, can you touch on marketing and in and if using ads and all these other growth hacks are important so these things are extremely important man if you're trying to do something if you're trying to do something with with content if you're trying to grow a following or you're trying to build a career from it it's very important but you have to remember that as soon as people notice that something is an ad they stop watching what do you do what do you do when you're on youtube and an ad pops up I hover over the little button until it says I can skip the next to the to the video. Exactly. So if you're doing that, guess what? Every single person that's watching your video is going to do the same thing. So that's where you have to get very creative. Um, if you've seen any of my videos, I mean, I, I'm extremely obsessed with marketing as well. And even in my business, if you see any of the ads that I do for my business, you wouldn't think it's an ad. And that's the trick. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. The more you look like an ad, the less people are going to watch. Why is Nike and Adidas and these big companies, why are they so successful? Because nobody is standing there telling you to buy something. Have you look at Nike ads? When are they selling something to you? Do they, ever, do they ever sell you something? No, they sell you a story. They sell you relatability, right? right? They sell you someone running, someone going through a struggle, somebody doing something. Even the Gatorade commercials, they're not selling you any. They're not saying buy this product. It's called product placement, bro. Regardless of whatever it is that you're trying to sell, you're trying to put out there, it's product placement. And the more people see it, the more people are going to relate to it. And guess what? When it's on the shelves at the store, they're going to say, oh, I've seen that. I want to try it. They're going to buy it. It's going to sell itself. So 
I feel like it's important as a content creator. I don't know if I would do ads. Uh, I've never done them. Um, I've been reposted by big pages. That helps. What helps, what helps in content creation is collaboration, working with people that have a similar following to you. Or if you want to target a different audience is working with people with a different audience and growing that way. But there's really no, I don't know, man, I, I wouldn't necessarily use ads for, uh, a public figure or for, uh, you know, someone that's an influencer. I like that. I like how you touched on collaboration because when I was growing Instagram pages with my marketing agency, I was definitely taking that route as well. But, uh, you know, there's also things like power likes. There's also things like engagement groups. What are your thoughts on these? Because they're very well used and very well known in the Instagram space. And it seems like everybody is using that to grow their social media. Um, power likes. Do you mean like buying likes? buying likes paying other influencers within your same industry to like your page so their audience sees you in the explorer feed things like that oh okay okay i see what you're saying there um uh buying likes uh, i don't know man because that's kind of like it's kind of like uh like hustling backwards don't you think (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah yeah i'd rather like it's like what i was saying earlier man i'd rather have a thousand loyal followers and a thousand loyal likes right a thousand genuine followers and a thousand genuine likes. So that's what I'm into. Um, as far as, uh, what are they called? You said engagement groups. Um, I support those. I think it's important. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of, it, it can be, it's kind of a gray, it's in a gray area. It's in a gray area. I mean, if you're supporting your friends and your friends are supporting you, that's kind of a, an engagement group. I mean, let's say for example, I post something and both of you go like and comment it. It's an engagement group, but I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not, I've never really done that. I, I tried it out for like a month with one engagement group with people that were local. Didn't really work out. It seemed fake. It wasn't really me. So I just decided, Hey, you know what? I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing on my own. Um, I'm going to emphasize on this guys. The most, the thing that helps the most on social media is the collaboration piece, man. Mm. It's cause, cause, cause a collaboration is like a cosign. Let's say for example, me and you, Jason, we, we, we do a skit together right. and I post you on my story and I post you on my Instagram. That's me co-signing your page. That's kind of the way that it works or the way that I see it at least. Right. So if I co-sign you, guess what? You're going to get more clicks, more likes, more follows from my following. Why? Because, Oh, Rico's working with him. Then that means he's a cool guy. Let me go check his workout. So it's right. a cosign. That's the way I see things. So why haven't we done that yet? Because <laughs> you're playing games bro because you don't invite me to the gym uh, <laughs> so you know we, we touched a lot on content creation but uh, some of our followers out there also know that you are a mortgage lender so man give us some hacks on mortgage lending or are there even hacks in mortgage lending who should they talk to that's what i'm trying to say well if you're if you're asking who you should who they should talk to they should talk to me uh jonathan rico mercado the millennial mortgage lender um as far as mortgage lending man it's a very um it's a very interesting business a very very interesting business something that i love um i feel like it's one of those things where you have to be comfortable with your mortgage lender you have to be comfortable with your realtor as far as hacks the only hack that i can say is make sure that you know the product that you're selling um and make sure that you're really going and getting the the best bang for your buck when it comes to mortgage lending. Truly ask about fees and all that good stuff. Um, you know, if anybody anybody on here wants to know more about it, you can message me directly because it's that's kind of a broad question. You know, the whole hacks thing, there really isn't no hacks, man. You just have to get up, go out there, seize the day, make it yours and look for the business. That's really the only way to to grow in that industry. Well, I have a hack for you. It's actually a 10-step hack and um 
You, do you want to hear it, Rico? Yeah, let's go. So there's 10 steps to getting the best deal from your lender. Number one is talk to Rico J. And he'll take care of 2 to 10. That's all you need to know. There you go, my man. <laughs> appreciate that. There you go. <laughs> so, so in this section, uh, we talked about how, you know, you, you cannot choose what goes viral. Your, what, what goes viral is pretty much just you putting your heart out there and letting the audience decide what they like. We also talked about how you said that collaboration to grow your page is one of the most integral and effective ways to really grow your social media. And you shared one of, uh, honestly, a pretty profound quote that says, I prefer a hundred, a thousand loyal followers and a thousand genuine likes over anything. So now we're going to go over to the next section. And this is, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite sections because now you're going to tell us what you're up to. You know, we know that you've created this content. We know that you're a mortgage lender by, uh, uh, and you know, Morgan Lender by day, content creator by night. But but what what are you doing now, man? I I know that you have some collaborations growing up. I mean, com- coming up. I know that you also did some work with the Gold Cup, and I'm pretty sure that's gonna you know you have some projects with them coming up as well. So, w- what are you working on, man? What is Rico up to? Let's see. Well, yes, yes. I'm glad you asked that, man. Um, I do actually have a few a few things coming up. Um, I'm going to be continuing my work with the Gold Cup. They reached out to me as an influencer to, you know, go to their events nice. and, uh, um, you know, help get awareness, bring awareness to their events and, and let people know kind of what's going on with the CONCACAF, which I'm extremely, extremely happy to be part of. Uh, it's, it's a great feeling, man. It, it just, it's kind of like I'm starting to see the fruit of my labor. So it's a really, really exciting thing. I get to hang out with other influencers man and meet some of the coaches uh it's super super cool so excited about that i also have a couple other events coming up on june 2nd i'm gonna be at hollywood burger uh with a few other influencers including nikki lay carlos ayala and mike mignola it's gonna be hosted by my uh by my good friend sheldon bailey Whoa. um there's just there's just a lot of cool things there man the the and this was this was actually thanks to my publicist barbara sanchez um she made this possible that guy mike magnolia actually he was uh i believe he has something to do with uh with hellboy i don't know i think he created hellboy or he's he's got something yeah and um i'm gonna be you know doing uh doing some stuff out there man so if anybody is in hollywood um i i truly uh, you know i invite you guys to come out to hollywood burger once again it's june 2nd um, the event's going to start at, looks like at 6 p.m. from 6 to 9. We're going to be there, you know, saying what's up to everybody. I'm going to be, uh, I'll be vlogging that day. So that's what's coming up right now. Um, and then just hanging out with you guys and continuing this journey with uh, Millennial Mindset. Yes. Yeah. So I, cool. we, we've got that content creation, man. I'm, I'm starting the, the content creation more. Um, I'm going to get on a schedule where I'm going to be posting twice a week, two skits a week. Dude, and then uh, one. Man, they're going to be good ones. And then there's going to be one vlog every two weeks. So I'm pushing it, man. I'm pushing it. This summer, we're going extremely hard. And we're just going to make things happen, bro. A lot of people like to say, you know, chase your dreams, right? And that's what a lot of people do. Right. Well, I'm not about to chase a dream that I know I'm never going to catch up to. I tell people, don't chase your dreams. You want to know what I tell people? Manifest your dreams. Pray about it. Oof. And be about it. Make it happen. Oof. Profound. So, uh, to recap, you know, Rico, there's three things that come to my mind, um, just listening to you and hearing your story and who you are today and who you've been. Um, one thing is being genuine. Number two is not staying stagnant. And number three is collaborating and just networking. You know, those are three big themes that I can see from you. 
And um, I'm sure that all three of those things are something that um, our listeners are going to take uh, value from, you know? So anything from you, Rigo? Uh, yeah, so something that I just want to throw in there is, um, or, or not throw in there, but something that I want to ask is, we saw that you have all these projects coming up with, you know, content creation and the project that you have with me and Jason right here, my co-host, Millennial Mindset. It's, Millennial Mindset. It's something that we've been working very digitally and connecting with some very powerful people to bring, you know, that value to us. But um, what's going on in your life, Rico? Give, give, give us a little insight in your life. Just personal life. Some, some personal life, dude. Like, like, aside, like, I know that you are your own person. I know that you are not just a content creator, that you're not just a mortgage professional. I know that you are Rico and you have a personality and it shows in all your videos. So do you, do you have anything going on in your life right now that you want to share with your audience? So basically he's asking for the juicy stuff. Yeah, man. Give us some juice. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, outside of social media and my job, I feel like, well, not my job, my career. I feel like I'm kind of boring, man, because that's really all I do. And then I also I have a cat. I mean, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a cat, cat dad. I'm a cat dad. I'm a genuine cat dad, bro. And I love the living life out of my kitty. Her name's Zuri. Uh, she's a little bangle. Um, no, there's really nothing exciting that I can share too much. Besides, I started running again, man. I oh, I stopped running. I was doing so good. I was losing weight and then stopped running and I put it back on. I'm getting back on track with that. You know, you look good. You feel good. So mm-hmm. trying go. to get that back on track. Um, I want to get into e-commerce, man. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on doing it by the end of the year, trying to trying to set myself up for wins, you know? Um, what else? What else do I have going on? I think that's it at the moment, man. My love life has been stagnant for the last few years, but it's been out of my choice um, right. because I, I, I don't think it's fair for me to start a relationship with somebody or start something with somebody if, if I can't focus on them. And I'm, right now, my focus is growth, prosperity, get myself into a situation where I know I can take care of myself and somebody else. There you go. Eventually, I would like to have kids, so I'm trying to set myself up for a win here. Um, so, yeah, that's, I guess, what's going on, man. I'm, I'm sorry if I didn't give you anything exciting, bro. Just, there's nothing crazy going on yet. Bro, dude, you're a cat daddy, man. That's all the excitement out there. I'm pretty, <laughs> I, I guarantee you, the majority of our followers were throwing some, yeah, cat daddy, man, dude. Yeah. Totally supporting that. But uh, so. but 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 a question that I have for you right now is as this show is called Millennial Mindset, and you have often been behind the mic on this side asking you know our guests the questions, but now I'm going to ask you the question: What is Millennial Mindset, and what does that mean to you? What is Millennial Mindset? Millennial Mindset to me is basically the Millennial Hustle, showing people that Millennials are freaking bad ass. We are. We're changing the industry. We're shaking the industry. We're doing things our way, the way that Frank Sinatra would say, I did it my way. Uh, we're, we're just changing the industries, man. Whatever industry we touch, we are shaking it at its boots, um, whether it be e-commerce. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, man, a lot of a lot of millennials are the ones that are killing it right now in the e-commerce That's you Regal know world. Right That's Regal right there. We got one of our own e-commerce kings Woo! in this Shout building. <laughs> um, we got we got a registered nurse in the table here on the table here. He's he's shaking up his industry doing things and trying to make things happen uh myself i'm i'm the millennial mortgage lender in ventura county not only ventura county but all 50 states um i take that title man i am the millennial mortgage lender and i'm changing the industry the way that we do things and the way that the, the, the lender is seen um i don't know man it's just millennial mindset the millennial hustle it's just bringing dope people to a dope podcast to share their dope story um that's what millennial mindset means to me brother 
And as Rigo explained in our previous uh, podcast, you know, we don't just cater to the millennials. Um, we know we cater to everyone else. Um, Rico, I did want to ask you a question. Um, for for that millennial or that person in Generation X or that person who's, um, you know, elderly individuals that want to start something, but they're scared or they're just, you know, they're fearful. Uh, I can tell you I've been in that same spot. What can you tell them to get out of their comfort zones, to get over that big hump, you know, just overthinking that analysis paralysis? Analysis paralysis. I like that you say that because I used to be that guy. Um, if you're listening to this and you're going through that, I wanna, I'm want to. i talking to you directly here. I'm not talking to anybody on the podcast but you. I want to tell you something. They're going to be talking about you. They're talking about you right now, and, and people are telling you, you can't do it. You're not going to do it. And I'm telling you, you can't do it and you're not going to do it. So prove me wrong. Show me otherwise. Regardless of what, whatever it is that you do in life, you're going to be criticized. Regardless of whatever it is that you choose to start or to attempt, you're going to, you're going to be criticized. Um, I highly suggest that you just say F it and take that leap of faith. Just go. Do it. Um, don't ask for permission. You ask for forgiveness. You just go out and do it. You got to try. You can't live with what ifs, man. I, I always tell people, man, we, life is way too short. We only have about 80 years if we're lucky, man. Life is too short to live with what ifs, man. And, and if, you're not, if you're not taking the time to really go out there and maximize life and really manifest your destiny, you're not doing anything and, and, and you're just wasting your time. So quit thinking about what people are going to say, what people are going to think. Quit thinking about that. Quit letting that be uh, what's going to stop you because at the end of the day, you're your only defining factor. You're, you are that factor that gets in the way. You are the thing that gets in the way of your success. So if you want to be successful, you will be successful, but you have to want it. If you want to be a failure, well, guess what? You will be a failure. If you want to continue analyzing every single thing and trying to come up with a perfect scenario, that's never going to happen because life is not perfect. You only know about 75% of what's going to happen. That's what you have control of. Guess what? There's 25% that's going to bite you in the butt. You think you're driving the perfect car? Okay, well, dang, uh, two seconds later, guess what? Your car broke down. You didn't expect that. Life happens to us. Life happens for us. Always remember that. As one of my mentors uh, has always said, you know, the first best decision you can make is the right decision. Second best decision is the wrong decision. And the third or the worst decision is making no decision at all. I'm going to let Rigo finish this off. Oof, both of you guys, that was fire, that was profound, and I'm pretty sure everybody in our audience can relate with that. So with that being said, Jason touched on a very important point. We're about to end this podcast, and I'm just letting you guys know this is called Millennial Mindset, but this is not just for millennials. This is for everybody that wants to listen, that wants to find that purpose. Like Rico said, whether you're five years old or whether you're 55 years old, this is for you where we bring interesting characters and their mindset from the Ventura County area and all around the world. You can find us here at, you can find me at Rigo.flow. You can find Jason at Jason Amaral. And you can find Rico at, at Rico J underscore. If you guys know anybody or you yourself have an interesting mindset, please reach out to us personally and we are more than happy to have you on the show. Till next time, guys. Peace. Let's go.